This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. Always was, always will be. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Hey awesome nerds and welcome to another episode of D&T, D&D and TV, the weekly podcast where we rewatch and recap television shows you really enjoy and talk about how the themes, concept and characters could be used in different role-playing games. I am your host Jeremy and joining me via montage is my co-host Afif. Oh, first time working out, then I'm eating raw eggs, then I'm listening to 80s power ballads. Did you watch Rocky instead of Cyberpunk? Did, did you pick oh. up the wrong DVD? <laughs> no, that, that's montage. Rocky is the Gonna ultimate. need a montage. Yeah. I don't know. Is it the ultimate montage? That's a good thing. I think so. I would... If you watched Rocky 3, is it 3? Yeah. 3 I recently. Mean, I mean, have you seen Battleship Potemkin recently? I have absolutely no idea what that is. <laughs> Battleship Potemkin was the basically the origin of the montage. Oh, well, half of Rocky like, Three is like just a Rocky, music video. Rocky Three didn't create the montage; it perfected it, perhaps, but Potemkin created it. Is Rocky Three the one with the robot? One of them has a robot in it. I am going to admit something: I have never seen any Rocky films. It's so ridiculous. There's like a literal, like, personal robot, like a housekeeper robot, and then one of the side characters like falls in love with it, and it's it's a whole what? Thing. Yeah, they really felt the shark. They really jump the shark. It's fine. That's our segue. Is that the one where he fights Mr. T? That Rocky Three is the one where he fights Mr. T, I believe. Yeah. And that's the one that jumped the shark with the robot that someone falls. It's in love either with. that one or the the next one's the one where he fights the Russian guy, Ivan Drago. See, I know yeah. this stuff just from listening to other podcasts that talk about it so much, and I've <laughs> that one might never be the seen these one. things. Like, yeah. great. <laughs> All right, well, robots, yeah. Um, that ties in with Cyberpunk. You're right, that is our segue. Because uh, we are watching Cyberpunk Edge Runners. It is available on Netflix. We are talking about Season 1, Episode 4, Lucky You, where, eager to learn the Edge Runner ropes, David pesters Maine for another mission. Instead, Maine tasks Lucy with training him. Um, I guess that kind of covers uh, It's a montage episode. It, it is yeah. a montage episode. It's a good episode. I love this episode. I thought it was How amazing. good is it? I mean, it has a flash forward at the start, and then it's like, does flashbacks and flash forwards oh, and flashbacks and flashbacks. Open. Yeah. Oh, that cold open. It's just good. How do you feel about cold opens? I like cold opens. I think they're good. I, I mean, What about in, like, D&D? I think they're very hard to achieve, basically because you don't usually have a credit sequence in uh, D&D or any RPG. You should. I think that would be cool uh, if you could manage it. But... I feel that they're a little bit too tricky to do. I know there's games like Monster of the Week where you can have cold opens and you have after credits as well. And because it's basically designed on a TV show that you have that cold open of you get to see what the monster might be doing before the player characters show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think the closest alternative is or the best alternative? Um... Just there to get you hooked, right? It's like a bang. Yeah. 
I guess the the immediate res of if you're having like a West Marcher style game where it's just like you're sitting down and it's not too much of an ongoing story, you just start in combat. Like, or you start outside the, the, the tomb and you just have like a quick little puzzle, a quick little fight, and then you go on with the main story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And it's good, I think it's good to to start strong in sessions as well. Because mm. And just like set the tone, you know? Because like usually, at least with my sessions, you know, before the game starts, we'll be chatting and catching up about what's been going on. So you really just want to like, bang, we're into the game now kind of yeah. helps to have that yeah that's usually a good way to do it yeah it's hard to manage as an ongoing campaign though because it kind of breaks up the flow if you stopped at a, a quiet point last time yeah but that's usually if people are doing it that often they're usually a bit more focused anyway yeah anyway back to anyway Back to Cyberpunk. Yeah, so there's a, there's a uh, well, a flash forward for later in the episode as David just kind of watches these drops fall. Uh, but then we jump back after the credits with uh, Maine and Dorio. They're surveilling Tanaka and having to point out, fuck, Faraday was right. Tanaka's not doing anything at the moment. So we know he's gone to ground and we know he can't make a move or whatever we were planning on doing, and that sucks. Um, and then they start making out, as you do. Uh, when you're two incredibly ripped chromeware junkies. Um, and I love that in the middle of it, they get a call. And of course, it's David. Uh, yeah. And it, this is the interesting thing, because they don't stop. But but Maine's still able to talk through it all. So it seems like it's kind of like a a mental way of talking to people. Yeah. If they want. It seems... Yeah. They're pretty liberal with that. I feel like it's not necessarily super clear. I think it's the equivalent of... You can FaceTime, or you can just text, or you can just voice chat. There's, like, a few different options. Um, But one of the other things is that... I think earlier you were talking about the language that people use when they're on the phone. Yes, I did notice it this time. Yeah. Yeah. This is where it starts. Yeah. Because it certainly wasn't in the last one. I'm, I thought it was just like a little bit of a jitteriness or the fact that um, that Maine's a little distracted as he's talking. But yeah, this is where it kind of starts with people like repeating words and, and talking like in odd phrases. Yeah. And just because on the phone thing, it reminded me of how a lot of the visual elements are like pulled from the game for like consistency's sake. Oh, yeah. um, and there was a bit in the last episode when Lucy's in the limo and she's like hacking into it and you can see like the hacking mini game that's from Cyberpunk 2077 like going off. Oh, that's it's cool. Cool little thing. Yeah. It's a cute little thing. Yeah. I always wonder about the hacking elements because that's the stuff that I never really can get my head around in any sort yeah. of game. And it's always interesting to see how they they do it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any game that's really nailed it they just have different ways of doing it right but mm. it's never really yeah i've always liked um the shadow run novels basically just have it as it's kind of like an mmo and like <laughs> okay. you've got your own little it's like basically the metaverse ah okay we're just yeah. hitting all those topical tags huh right 
anyway, like you don't have legs. You're... Yeah, that's right. You cannot have legs. You make your own little icon. And there's like a one yeah. thing where somebody notices that his icon is limping, like the main character's icon's limping. It's like, that shouldn't happen. Like, and did you program it to do that? He's like, no, I don't know why it does that. And it turns out he's got magical abilities and it's like factoring, it's stopping him from, from net running properly. And it's just like oh. a nice little touch that I, oh, I thought was cool. That is cool. Anyway. Yeah, that is cool. Anyway, so Shadow Prone is superior. Um, so, <laughs> uh, David does talk Maine into letting him learn the ropes. As just like, it's not, it, yeah, it's a whole thing. He's like, yeah, let me learn the ropes. I need to learn how to do things. You can't be my crutch. I'm like, I don't care, David. Yeah. Just, just get to the next point. Uh, and I like when he has to show up at Aldo's warehouse. Aldo is just like this guy who runs. I don't know. We never actually get to see Aldo. We see like we the bottom see Aldo... of his face. Later, does he Do come we? up again? I don't think so. I don't think so. They talk about him, but we never actually really see him. Yeah, I wish we had more of Aldo. Aldo's pretty great. cool. He he's reminded just like, me of Danny DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to quickly look up if I've got it open to see who plays Aldo. Um, you can vamp for a while while I do that, right? Yeah. Uh, 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 how, how good... Uh, what about the... Uh, uh, you name dropped Twitter at the end of the last podcast, and I was going to make an Elon Musk joke because that's also topical. Oh, that's... that's I'm glad I'm glad you missed that one. Actually, yeah. I don't. I can't find anyone who played Aldo in the. In no, the, he's um, not. I, English I don't cast. think he comes up again. Yeah. Yeah, just the one episode. Certainly, probably additional voices. Uh, it's a Tomomichi Nishimura in the in the in the sub. Um, so well done, Tomomichi. Yeah, we don't do subs here, unfortunately. We're don't we? fake, fake anime no, we're, fans. We're fake anime fans, yeah. Uh, anyway, he <laughs> he's basically calling David Pilar's delivery boy. He's, he's delivery pigeon or something? He's carrier pigeon, that's right. Yeah. Because he's got some stuff to, to hand off to him. Uh, and he tells him off for trashing the car, too. I love that moment. You Davis, then? Uh, uh, huh? I'm David. Davis? It's David, not Davis. David! What are you screaming for, rude motherfucker? Got it. David, heard you. Pilar's carrier pigeon, yeah? Pilar's? Was you, wasn't it? Punk kid who clipped and junked a sock of limo. Hell of an entrance. Yeah, my first real gig. Could have collected five fat stats for it at least if you hadn't gone and turned it to scrap. Well, there's always next time. Huh? I'll do better next time. <laughs> next time, huh? Well, guess we'll see if last time wasn't just beginner's luck. What do you mean by that? Nothing personal. We'll find out soon if you're the shit or just another shit stain. Yeah, that's a classic. That's a staple, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great NPC kind of... element. It's like, we could have made so much money if you hadn't done that thing you did, player. Oh, yeah. I've said that before a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Word for word, no doubt. Anyway, he, he shows up. He has to go past some cops, and the cops are just... I love the moment of, oh, I've got to hide this thing I'm carrying. The cops don't care. The cops do not care about him at all. Yeah. It's like, why would they? He's just some kid. Uh, so he goes up to Pilar's and finds Rebecca there, and turns out Rebecca is uh, Pilar's sister. Um, and yes. that he's delivering... He's been delivering hands... Which is um, creepy. 
And he could just swap them out without yeah. any, like, ripper dock. That's just a... I'm guessing you just got, like, a little attachment where you pop the hand on. Yeah. It's still creepy. Oh, yeah. It's still really creepy. Um, now, I think we, we didn't really mention Rebecca much in the last episode, and I feel like we should bring her up because this is where she starts to become more important in the show. Yeah, she does... You do see a lot more of her in this episode, for sure. Yeah, do, do you want to talk about her now or wait until the end? No, we can talk about it now. Okay. Rebecca is important to the show. She yeah. is. So what do you reckon her deal is? Like, What's her deal? Is, is she single? What's, what's her deal? Like, <laughs> what's, what's going on with her? She's definitely in love with, um, with David. Well, maybe not at first, right? It's no, just... I think she's sweet on him from as soon as they really meet. Oh, we have different definitions of love, perhaps. Well, I'm not saying love, I'm saying Welcome sweet to the on. romance podcast where we talk about... Welcome to the D and Dating Podcast. Yeah. We'll get Meek on later. <laughs> yeah, how to make it really awkward at your table. Yeah. No, because she does have that Lolita vibe that yeah. anime is so, so you had fond to say of. It. I, I did. Yeah. I did. Uh, because it's very apparent. Because she's tiny. Like, David, it's very clear that she looks like she's about the same age as David. Yeah. Or even. Even less so, Even, perhaps. Yeah. And I think the thing is, she looks that way. I don't think she actually is. Because she's, yeah. she's got so like much chrome choice. in her as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's her choice to look like that. Well, she doesn't actually... We don't see a lot of cyberware from her, right? Because like, she's, she's like the gun person. Yeah, but we see her... Like, her eyes are red the whole time. I'm assuming that's yeah. going to be like contacts oh, or, that is, that is true, or yeah. mods. It feels like she's had... Um, I want to say superficial, but that's not the right word. Cosmetic, like cosmetic, cosmetic yeah. implants. Like her cyberware yeah. is just her appearance and nothing else. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's designed herself to look like that for whatever reason. And this is why I'm like, so what's her deal? Yes. What's her deal? Well, I was mentioning, like, mentioning her being the gun person, I guess, because this episode we meet the rest of the crew. Well, yeah. we get to know the rest of the crew a bit better, right? Yeah. And it is that classic kind of D&D party where you've all got the diversity. You've got like the the gun specialist. You've got the big bruiser. You've got like mm-hmm. Dorio's the, the muscle, right? Main's kind of the all-rounder leader. Yeah, um, Main's, Main's the brains. It feels it's like, like those archetypes, yeah. yeah. But this is like the cyberpunk equivalent of like what are all those <laughs> different elements that make a balanced party, but we still don't know about Pilar because he's, I guess, expendable. <laughs> he is. Cause, well, he's not going to be there. <laughs> Pilar, we hardly knew you. Hardly yep. knew thee. Um, so yeah, that's just Rebecca's thing. She's always got pigtails. She always got bubble gum. She's got always got a big gun. Uh, so anyway, he gets paid. David gets paid. It's a lot of money. He's stoked. Uh, and then Lucy calls him and says, hey, are you free tonight? And he's even more stoked. Oh, yeah, he's like, ooh, a date. Uh, but it turns yeah. out she wants to go running with him because Maine's bullied her into to working with him. Uh, and part of it is because David fucking skinny. Like, he's not actually going to have enough m- flesh on him to replace, to put implants in. Yeah, which is weird because running's not going to help with that. <laughs> not, not distance running. No, no. I don't know if you've ever seen people that do distance running. They're not the not the bulkiest. I think it's just general exercise. Yeah, just cardio. 
Yeah, it's just a basic car to go. Uh, and that's, so they start to go running and this is when we get like the start of the montage sequence, which is just amazing. I, what was your favorite part? Oh, I don't know. Um, there's so much. Probably, probably the bit where David gets hit in the face with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's cool to see them like doing that. I think those like little heist bits where you see them on the job. Uh, against rival gangs and things like that. I think those yeah. are probably the best parts of it. Yeah, yeah I really like those bits. And, it is um, just, and you get to see... Yeah. I, I don't go. know how we can even talk about this bit because it's, <laughs> it's like the kind of thing that you have to watch because it's so well put together. Like, it does jump yeah. forward and back, but the conversation that Lucy and David are having ties in with the conversation that Maine and David are having later on. Like it really intercuts where Maine's getting giving him a gun, and he's like, "No, no, I'll take with the, I'll stick with my Sandy because I'm moving fast." And then it goes into why moving fast isn't enough, and then it talks about to Lucy about why running is important, and it kind of goes through as each he he endears himself to each member of the crew while he finds out more about Lucy and like other problems. It's just so well done. Yeah. And the gun is an interesting thing as well because mm. it's it's obviously the it's a symbol of like killing people, right? Yeah. And that the moral step and boundary that he hasn't like taken yet, I believe he hasn't killed anyone at that point, right? No, not deliberately. Yeah, yeah, and like that's that's a big thing, or that they hint at because he spoiler kills someone by the end. Yeah, but and well, contrib- when he's, contributes very heavily to contributes very heavily to somebody's death. But we yeah. see him even when he's practicing with the gun with Rebecca, he can't pull the trigger because he keeps seeing his mother. Mm. Which okay. I which is classic, yeah, classic yeah. trope as well. Yeah, I mean he's got PTSD. His mother died literally like four days ago. Yeah, um, but one thing I like, and I think this is again the the value of the short format series is that they don't linger on it for too long no no it's like it's just this episode it's like here's the thing and it's like oh that makes sense like he's struggled to kill people but by Mm. the end of the episode he's fine like he's gotten over it you know although it does come back in a much later episode and when it did come back i'm like oh this thing again yeah and it's it's a good callback you know yeah it it does become this callback rather than like a major stakes yeah stakes in a way that makes sense it's like it makes sense that he would kind of rediscover that PTSD at that yeah. time. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the other, what are the, some of the other things that he does during this montage? We get to see a driving sequence, which is cool. Ah, um, oh, it's cute. Yeah. I think we also get to see the Sandy kind of in action in these little moments. Like they try going into a club and Rebecca can't get in because she looks so much younger. So he uses the Sandy to sneak her in. <laughs> yeah, it's just fun. It's just a fun episode. Yeah, it's just, it's good. It's just montage, crazy, happy, wacky fun times and everything will be like this forever. All right, what is the D&D equivalent of that? Of a montage? Yeah. A shopping episode? Yes, I yes. guess. Um, I would say well, a how do you kind of? Well, how do you kind of recreate that feeling, I guess, of of what this episode kind of did? Yeah. Yeah, um... 
I would say it's either going to be a session zero or it's going to be a skill challenge. Like, I, we talked last episode about heists and, like, the flashbacks to planning. And, like, that's the only thing I can really think of. I would put it as, like, a... I don't know what you'd call it. <laughs> but I guess, like, if there was, like, a festival or, like, a carnival... Yeah. And it's, like, almost like a bunch of mini-games or it's just... It's just kind of low stakes, I think. I think that's the thing. I think... I think another one... I mean, it is very low stakes. But I'm trying to think of ways that you could do a montage well in... Yeah. When you've got a group of people doing it, when it becomes a collaborative effort. And I feel one of those ones where you all go around the table and you have to come up with something and build on the person before it. Or like an associated... It's just downtime, I guess. It's like, oh, you've had a week off. Yeah. What have you done? Yeah. Yeah, you have that that time off and you go, okay, so what did you do? And what did you do with this other person? And you kind of connect each one of them. Yep. And you build the build the montage that way. It's I think it's such a visual thing that makes it so hard for even a, a an improv RPG mm-hmm. element or um yep. collaborative storytelling element. It's it's so cool. <laughs> I keep gushing over this. It just looks amazing. Yeah. And then it really does kind of tie all the characters into David now. And we get to learn more about Lucy as well a little bit. Like we know who Kiwi is now. We know what Lucy's role is. Um, we know what Dorio and Maine bring. We still, as I said, you said Pilar, no idea. <laughs> who is this guy? Get him out of here. Yeah, he's just, he's just uh, kind of creepy. He's like groping um, Lucy when she gets, up, gets out of a bath naked. Or the, is it, is it like a part of a game thing or part of the cyberpunk game thing like the um the video game Um, where you have to net uh, run in a bathtub or something no i don't i don't think so i think that's like an earlier because i think this takes place a bit earlier in the timeline so it takes a bit more primitive yeah yeah uh because i think in this one i think that's what cyberpunk red is the rpg where you have to physically be closer closer to to net run closer to the target right things like that yeah yeah, because that also felt very anime. It's like, yeah, here's an opportunity to have someone naked, so we will. Yeah, it's very Ghost in the Shell, yeah. the Matrix pod, like, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it is uh, equal opportunity because it's a whole sequence of David working out naked in his shower. Yeah. Which No dong, though. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> Unless you count the Sandy. Like, the Sandy's a, a piece of equipment. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, but, well, speaking of dongs, uh, in the next scene, after everything's fine and happy in the montage, the crew are walking down in their classic um, Goodfellas walk. It's like, I, I, well, as far back as I can remember, I just wanted to be a gangster. Uh, it's like, this is their good times. This is their turf. And Pilar spots this guy pissing off a, a storage container. So he goes over to, like, hassle him for some reason. He's like, this is our territory. What are you doing? And yeah. the dude is like full on cyber psychosis with his eye like twitching out of his head. And there's a moment where Pilo goes, dude, you chromed your dick. That is weird. Listen up. This here out of your watering is our turf, asshole. And guess what? We don't like stepping in piss. Are we clear on that? Don't be a good asshole. Pinch it off and cage that pecker so we can... Oh, shit, man. That's fucking busted. You chromed your dick? That had to hurt. <laughs> And I wonder if it is though. Like, surely, well, I, 
there's something about that because Maine, that's when it cuts to Maine and his eyes, like his eyes kind of light up and he like freaks out. And I think that's when he realizes, oh shit, that's not a cock, that's a gun. Oh, I didn't get that at all. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was just like, oh wait, if this guy's going to chrome his dick, that's, he's got so many issues. He's not just going to be standing there. He's going to do something bad. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, Pilar gets ganked. Yep. Just straight up. Yeah. Yep. Straight up, head blown off. Uh, David freezes. There's a nice little shootout. I like that sequence as well. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, um, it was a good demonstration of how dangerous subpsychosis is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because David ends up putting a bullet through the guy's head. Like, point blank, you can see through the hole, and the guy still isn't dead. Yeah, because this hardware still... is just running by itself, you know? Yeah, and it's still seeing threats. And I think... Like, Maine has to punch the guy's head off, and then they shoot it to bits, and it's like, the yeah. fuck? Um, but the important thing, apparently, is that Lucy's injured, so they send him back, send them back to Ripper Doc. Yay, Ripper Doc, we missed you last episode. Um, oh, yeah, we also see Ripper Doc when he's during the montage, right? He gets yeah, some, he gets his new lungs. He gets some cyberware, yeah. He puts new lungs in him. Which I like. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Uh, and I thought interesting apparently as well. They that, don't, apparently, they don't have anesthetic in Night City. No, apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you need it? That's extra expense. <laughs> yeah, that's for the premium package. Jeez, yeah, it doesn't have the insurance. So anyway, Lucy got injured, uh, so she's got to get patched up, and she refuses to let anyone else in there. So David of hangs course, around, yeah. um, and I like that everyone else stays around to talk to the cops. It's like yeah, that's why? a that's an interesting kind of yeah. Um, they do yeah they do. There's some foreshadowing earlier in the episode when he walks past the cops and they're talking about the cyber psychosis. Yeah, the epidemic. dude with the yeah. um, like the dude had a rocket launcher. And it's like, well, this guy has a rocket launcher. Yeah, I uh, and they do say that they'll just file it as a cyber psychosis incident. And like, is it really that common or is this just something that they write down whenever they don't want to have to deal with paperwork? Yeah. I mean, it seems like cyber psychos are enormous threats. <laughs> just every time they've shown up in the show, they've been a really big deal. Um, and so for it, them to just kind of write it off like that, like a couple of beat cops seems also a bit weird. Yeah, but also the fact that Maine's just like, yeah, that's just what they're going to do. They'll say it's cyberpsychosis. Yeah. And he seems fine with it. He's like, that's, it's unfortunate that Pilar's dead. That's, uh, that kind of sucked. But they're not going to look into it too much. They'll just go, yeah, it's cyberpsychosis, and they'll be done with it. Yeah, it makes you wonder as well about, a bit about the relationship between Maine and the cops, just in general. You know? Yeah. Like how, how, how that kind of works between well between edge runners i guess yeah yeah well was it cyber psychosis that that had this is that what the guy was suffering from and did you just kind of snap a little bit more and shoot pilar i believe so i think the the whole the visual the way they show it to the audience is with the eye kind of spazzing out all over the place um which is interesting as well the parallels between that and faraday's design yeah I'm wondering like I'm wondering what that's trying to say, though. Like, is pa- is Faraday cyber psych? Like, I mean, you you could could take it that way. Does it just look cool? Like, is that just it? 
uh, I don't know. There's there's stuff. There's deeper meanings to it than, than we might just be looking into that. Yeah, yeah. I I remember the first time I watched it. I thought it was a hit. I thought that they'd pissed someone off or another gang and made a hit on them, and it was just yeah. It does it does give off that vibe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it felt like that was a, a, a some bait for Pilar in particular. Or for them, like, and if they kept walking, then the guy was just going to fire a rocket at them after them. Uh, oh, I'm an idiot. Maybe it is. Maybe that is the point, right? Like, because at that point in the show, you don't really know what cyberpsychosis is. So maybe yeah. that's the whole thing, is that it seems like a hit, and it's not until later. Yeah. Anyway, it was cool. The whole sequence yeah, was, was cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, and it got rid of Pyla, who always kind of creeped me out with his weird banana arms. He's so, an expendable NPC. They're he is. invaluable. He yep. is. Uh, so anyway, Lucy and David head back to her place um, and he asks to talk to her and they have a little bit of an opening up. Um, they talk about their, their moon BD that they went together. Uh, and she talks about, you know, how don't lose yourself in the cyberpunkness of it all, David. Uh, you're the guy that runs into fire to save somebody. I know it. I can see it in your eyes kind of thing. Um, and he, what is it? He says something about promising to take her to the moon. Oh, so, so anime. So anime. Then they make so, out. And yep. she doesn't want him to die. And I love that it was, a, it's like, I don't want you to die. And it's like, oh, <laughs> they're going to fuck. And then the credits come up and it goes, I won't. I'm like, oh, yeah. Wow. Wow, he just signed his death sentence, wow. didn't he? Yeah, so much foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, I do like, again, it's just similar to the earlier incident with the gun and mm. the, the whole killing people thing, but the, how they just don't, they don't linger on this too much, their relationship. And the really? whole, well, the whole, like, will they, won't they? Like, oh, oh yeah. will, he, will he get over being able to trust her, like, after she betrayed him? Like, mm. it just moves on, right? Like, it's just, yeah. Well, I think the key element of this show in particular, and what I'm getting from this, is it's all about their relationship. Yes. Like, from the very start, it's him entering into her world. But then it kind of flips, doesn't it? Where she's yeah. trying to pull him back. Yeah. I mean, it feels very anime to me in that regard. Yeah. And it's again but... mirrored by by Maine and Dorio. Yeah. They're, they're a different version of Main and Dorio, but they are very yeah. much the same people. And it's just that cycles of going over and over again. It's like, if you can, you can have to walk that balance and Lucy's able to and David can't. Yeah, yeah. Um, should we talk about the David and Main connections and, and parallels, I guess? Cause I those think we sort should, of, yeah. Yeah, those really start to come out during this episode. Certainly during the the montage. Yeah, they have those all those chats together. You yeah. Well, it's kind of like one chat, and it just kind of goes backwards and forwards through the montage of them talking and handing the gun over and talking about Lucy and like David assumes that David well, Maine assumes that they're already together. Yeah. Poor innocent little David. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's that moment where they both have to take the amino blockers together because of all the chrome they've got in them. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just spot on of them. It's like they're getting, they're shooting up together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like 
because there are a lot of similarities and like by the end obviously david gets super jacked and just yeah. looks like main but even now visually they have like similar hairstyles mm. um which is like a pre- it's a relatively common hair in cyberpunk i guess but they also have that the collar with like the lit up bit on the inside i feel like it's like a more specific thing kind of between the two of them yeah and it feels like it's it's coincidental it's very subtle yeah yeah it's very subtle but it is kind of the design falls in together and i think it's particularly important because david hasn't had a father figure yet like in the show we don't know what happened to his dad earlier like we just know that he lived with his mother and then when she dies main comes along like pretty soon after Oh, wow. He has so many mummy issues, too, because he kind of latches onto Lucy like a surrogate mother anyway. Um, anyway, Maine kind of steps in as that father figure, giving him advice, helping him out, teaching him the ways of the world that he's now in. And I'm wondering, is it Maine is the the steps he walks in because he's that that older male figure, or is it just a weird coincidence that he kind of ends up being like him? Yeah. Um, honestly, I feel like we're just getting into psychoanalysis territory. Uh, Is that not what this, we signed up for? <laughs> of this imaginary character. We're just, just fully ducking <laughs> on him and his issues. He does have some issues. They all have issues. Oh, he's got so many, yeah. Um, but I think I think the like I think that I really liked at the end was when he spray paints the, the logo. Oh yeah, spray paints the logo of his mum's jacket. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, you know, keeping, he obviously keeps his mum's jacket. He keeps that with him all mm. the time. But it's also symbolizes moving forwards. And making it his own as well. Yeah. Because that was that's the uh, symbol of the, I'm guessing the Edge Runners and the cyberpunk novels that he mentions to Lucy in episode two. Yeah, it's not really clear, honestly. Yeah. But you just kind of assume, yeah. I do find it interesting too that um, Lucy talks about him as being the person who always has to save someone. Yeah. Um, which to me screams Brian Atwood from from the OC, but also the fact that his mother was a trauma team medic. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, what? I didn't pick up on that. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. It's like, of course, his mother's going to be the person he admires the most is someone who goes out and risks their life to save others. Yeah, I mean, he does do that during the montage with um, Rebecca. I think at one point it's like tied up. Yeah, and he sandies in to like pull her out. Yeah. Well, that's when another gang shows up, and like they're having a discussion, and the gang puts down like this safe, and it's got Rebecca in there, and then he just uses the sandy to to grab her out of there, before, so they've got no leverage, and the crew they don't have a name. That's what's interesting. The crew doesn't have a name, but they just fucking slaughter this other gang. Yeah, was that the... I know one of the gangs, they have those, like, cool holographic masks of, like, the clown mask, but they're projected on. No, that's the one where he takes the baseball bat to the face. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That one's good, too, but uh, that's, like, his early one, and then there's the one where he actually starts to be helpful to the crew. Right, yeah. Hopefully this uh, hail that is coming through now at my place is not going to come through on the... um, on the audio, but I guess we'll find out. I'm wondering if, uh, if Thief, can you hear it? Uh, yeah, I can hear it. I can hear it. 
I guess we'll find out in the end. That's always fun to find, to discover. The hail? A tail, yeah. But the internet's okay, and that's the important thing. If this was a different show, I'd say this would be the opportunity to talk about weather. Um, but there's nothing in Cyberpunk that really delves into weather, unfortunately. Still there? Oh, you're cutting in and out. Yeah. No! Okay. Um, I'll keep going and hopefully we can get through this. Because I did want to talk about, like, I think that's pretty much the episode. We haven't really said much on it because the montage is the main part of it. But the part I want to talk about is basically the the, the homeless cyber psycho that ganks, um, ganks Pilar. Yeah. Because this is the best example of a random encounter to me. It's very, very random. It is. It's super random, but it's also a reminder to the party that life is fucking hard. That sometimes oh. you die, and it's not glorious. Like, this is the thing that Lucy says at the end, that as a cyberpunk, it's not about how you live, it's about how you die that people remember. Yeah. And it's so telling that what people will remember of Pilar is that he got fucking ganked by some hobo. While the hobo was pissing. Yeah, with his dick in his hand. Just... Yeah. And it's such like a, a an obvious bait as well, you know? Yeah. But that kind of thing, it's like you're just walking along, you've rolled something random, and you go, oh well, there's this guy. And however the party responds to it, that means what the encounter's going to be like. Like they yeah. could have kept walking yeah. and nothing would have happened. Absolutely. And then you just take that NPC and recycle him somewhere else. Exactly. You just use them later on, and it's just another element of the world. But if you do the wrong thing, then you can end up dead. And I think particularly in a game like Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk to me is very much that live fast, die young aspect. Absolutely, yeah. And those are the kind of things where you need to have very high stakes at all times like it can be you're walking down the street and you catch a bullet to the head because fucking life is meaningless yeah um, absolutely yeah especially for cyberpunk and it is that after so much of the episode is so kind of light hearted and very fun and there you know you see them beating up all these gangs and just like yeah. reason through jobs yeah it is yeah, that, it's like it the, back down. the violent crime of it all. They can do that in their sleep. It's the stuff that you're not expecting that'll get you. Yeah, everything's fine until it's not. Yeah. And I just... I think that's a good way to have RPGs because it keeps your players on their toes. Yeah, you want a bit of danger, right? Even in the... Yeah. Even for people that want not necessarily like a gritty grounded game you still want an element of danger you need the stakes there to make it worthwhile Mm. i remember i think it was just recently on um mastering dungeons sean merwin was talking about how a lot of the adventures he ran for adventures league parties learned that you had the easy encounter the medium encounter and then the hard encounter at the end so they knew to i guess 
hold on to their resources until the final battle. Yeah. And he would change it by having the very hard encounter at the start. <laughs> so for the rest of the session, people are like, oh shit, if that was the easy one. That's, that's amazing. And it's that kind of thing where it's like, life doesn't come in a game, but like in a game world. It doesn't give you easy, medium. It doesn't have that escalating series of difficulties. Shit happens that's really violent at any time, particularly in cyberpunk. So a random encounter like that should be sometimes really dangerous and sometimes it should be really easy. Yeah, and I think but, that's what people want from RPGs as well a lot of the time. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people want, yeah. I think when it's a planned encounter, like if you know you're walking into the boss's lair, you know to be on your guard. Like you know you're going to have to have everything yeah, absolutely. ready to go. If you meet a caravan coming down the road... It could be anything. It could be anything, and you should be fucking wary. It's not, oh, it's just some guy. It's like, that guy could be a level 20 sorcerer who's just out for a stroll. You've got to be on your guard. And I think it's an important... Something like that is just that nice little touch of just just don't think you're too crash hot right now, all right? The world is a tough place. Yeah. Well, So that's what I took rest- away from the episode. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Pilar. Mm, rest in pieces yeah i also actually one more thing about this i sorry i'm I'm going on about this one little sequence but it's kind of a a highlight of the episode his body doesn't drop by the time it's done did you notice this oh not what do you mean wait like the the hobo shoots his head off and we see it like in three different versions as they like to do when someone like gets killed very gorily and then everyone reacts and like David's moving in slow-mo because the Sandy kicks in. Um, and it's like he freezes. So he's just kind of standing there with the Sandy going. And like he has to get pushed out of the way and there's missiles flying everywhere and they shoot him and like Rebecca's charging forward and having to get shut down and all this stuff. And by the time it's all done, like they punch the head off this hobo, Pilar's body is still standing there. Oh, like it hasn't even dropped. It hasn't even dropped to the ground yet, and that to me sums up D and D combat. <laughs> that yeah. you do so, all this so stuff. So much has happened. Yeah. So much happens in like <laughs> ten seconds. Like it's done like that. You don't even really realize it's happened. Like the inciting incident is over before you've even really started. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a really good analogy, actually. Yeah, I just thought that was really cool. It is cool. And and that that's everything I took away from the episode. Um, and David and Lucy fucked. So, good on them. Yep. Do you think he'll be able to drink carbonated beverages now that he's not a virgin anymore? Absolutely not, no. <laughs> and this is your favorite episode, right? This is my favorite episode. I'll have to think about what my favorite episode is. Oh, my What's that? That was Thunder. That was very... I thought that was sounded like a stock sound effect. Like it was, no, no. This is why yeah. stock sound effects are stock. Because they sound the same. I'm so glad I got my windows fixed today. Um, so is there anything else you'd like to say about this episode, Aviv? Anything that I you think we've said a lot about it. Yeah. We have. I've been talking a lot, I realized. I do that. It is my podcast. That's why I have a podcast. Uh, but on my podcast, other people sometimes send uh, emails in. And somebody has sent an email in for us to answer um, this week. Uh, and I'm going to throw this on a faith. Uh, if you want to send emails in as well, you can uh, email me at, or email us, I should say, at 
dndntvpod at gmail.com, um, just as this wonderful person has done. And their question is, what are your thoughts on the new Transformer-esque D20s? Is the future here? Now, okay. I didn't know what they were talking about. Um, I mean, I kind of got an idea. Do you of, know now? I know now. Once they sent this to me, I, I had a little look. Okay. What the fuck <laughs> is my first response. What are these? What is this weird cash grab of D20s oh, I mean, I'll tell you what, holders? Like, yeah, like 10-year-old me would have loved this. Oh, I have I'd so be, many questions. I would have been like, all over this as a kid. Really? Yeah, it's just that's the sort of thing that kids love. Kids love this shit. It just from just recently D&D Daily or I think it was Vintage RPG podcast. They just put on the Instagram um a photo of the D, the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons flashlight that came out. Flashlight? Yeah, this was like a a oblong bright yellow flashlight with the D&D logo put on as a sticker. That was it. It was a flashlight. Does it only go like 60 feet or whatever the rules are for like a torch? <laughs> like, I don't think so. I mean, as far as a, a flashlight normally goes, it was literally yeah. just a flashlight that they'd stuck a D&D logo on. That's the only thing about it that was D&D. Should we it's clarify what this Transformer D20 I, is? I feel we should, yeah. I'll let you because you seem to know a little bit more about it. Oh, Sure. Well, it's like... Well, uh, the other reason I'm getting you to do it is the dog next door is barking a lot and it's a lot easier if you talk to... Yeah. I can just edit out the dog. Absolutely. He, well, he's excited about it as well. Yeah, he is. Um, it's a D20. I don't know if it's the size of a regular D20. It can't be. It has to be bigger. Yeah. Um, but you can unfold it and by unfolding it, it turns into a monster from a classic D&D monster such as a dragon or a beholder. Is it just dragons and beholders or are mimic ones as well? I think it has to be a mimic one, right? It I has think to there's be. probably four different types, I think I saw. Yeah, and that, are they um, called dicelings or something? Something like that. But, you know, you've got like the really shoddy looking kind of plastic hinges along yeah. the edges. And just can't imagine it rolling well. And um, it just, it, I, I, I would hate that so much. I, I don't like it that you have to. It's it's a Happy Meal toy. Like, it, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. And they're just coming out in time for the D&D movie. Ugh. It's either going to be a really good thing or a really bad thing for us, that movie. I think it's going to be a really good thing. Oh, and also an owlbear. An owlbear is another one that it turns into. Uh, yeah, sure. It has to be an owlbear. Yeah. So it seems to be beholders, dra- black dragons, um, owlbears, red dragons, and that's it. Just the four of them so far. Two dragons, sure. Well, it's you know, dragons, plural, clearly. Yeah. Only chromatics, though. Come on. Yeah, looking at these dice, you really cannot roll them. <laughs> oh, here we go. There's a note. Play or display in either form. Just don't use this D20 for your tabletop game. <laughs> it's like, yes. You know what? Yeah. I won't. I won't. Well, listen, if there's one thing a lot of nerds have, it's disposable income to spend yeah, on nerdy true. shit. That's true. I, mm, I'm interested now that if this is going to tie in with the game, does that, sorry, with the movie, we already know there's going to be an owlbear showing up. Does that mean there's going to be a beholder showing up? Oh, it might be even like an end credits thing, right? Yeah. With like Xanathar or something. I could see that. 
Yeah, that'd be interesting. I feel like a beholder they have to really commit to, though. Like, that's a big thing. I'm going to have to go back and watch the um, the original Dungeons & Dragons movie to see if there's a beholder in it. I'm sure there is. I don't want to, but I'm, I'll have to. Hey, people, if you really want me to do that, you should write into DND and TVPOD or hassle me on Twitter. Um, or, you know what? Give me money. I have a Patreon. <laughs> if you give me money, we I'll make a thief watch uh, the Dungeons & Dragons original movie. The one I'll with uh, Jeremy Irons and Thora Birch. Oh, I did not know he was in it. Yeah. 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 You choose the scenery like crazy. Uh, so that is us for this week. Uh, there is one last thing we've got to do before we wrap up. And that is pick a character from the episode we just watched and talk about how we would use them in uh, as an NPC or PC in the game that we're running or playing in. Uh, what would you pick? Who would you pick from this one? You picked Pilo last week, oh, so that's that's he's out. He's gone. Are you going to make pick the hobo? Psych? No. Chrome <laughs> <laughs> um, Dick. No, got, we're going to call him. <laughs> yeah, we both have the same idea. I still think, like, surely, because a lot of people aren't happy with their dicks, right? Like, that's. I feel like that's not a weird thing to to get chromed up. Um. We don't have to talk about that. Let's. Not yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm going to go with, with uh, Rebecca, I think, because she oh, kind hey. of... I was going to oh, pick Rebecca yours? too. Yeah. Oh, we can just talk, both talk about Rebecca. Why not? Because she, she was kind of in a lot of the spotlight for this episode. Yeah. I and like I think, Rebecca as a PC, yeah. Yeah. And did she get her... When did she get her hands? Is that soon? Because she gets... Does she get Pilar's hands? Like I think she gets gone. Pilar's hands, yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is the last we see of small hand Rebecca. Yeah, well, that's weird for one thing. Um, but I I like that she is just kind of there for a lot of it. Like you get it, the sense that she just likes guns. She really likes guns. She's good at all the guns. Yeah, um, I like her like steady introduction because I think she does come in like a bit quiet at the start. She doesn't have like a distinct mm. "Hey, it's me." Like, well, not not quite so much. She isn't introduced with the other characters, right? She comes a bit later. Yeah. Um, but then she builds up, and by the end, she's she's very important, you know? Yeah. I, I kind of like that growth. She's kind of that foil to David, where she's the person around... Like, there's a whole thing about age in this episode as well, because David's asking Lucy how old she is, and she says, age doesn't actually matter. It's about yeah. what you're able to do, kind of, or something like that. Um, which I think was a little bit more, no, 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 she's legal, it's okay. Um, <laughs> but Rebecca's the the person who grew up in this world, whereas David's only just entering it. And yeah, and even I like th- Lucy comes from a different, we find out later, yeah. Lucy comes from a very different background as well. Yeah. yeah, Lucy and David are outsiders into the cyberpunk world, but Rebecca is built into it. And she's the adventurer whose parents were adventurers, whose brother was an adventurer. And she already has, like, a little bit of a quest. Like, her brother was killed. She That was the guy she was going to kill because she hated him. He was a dick. It's like, no one else is allowed to kill him but me. So yeah. now she's got to come up with her own thing. She's, like, suddenly out on her own and having to deal with stuff. But she's not hung up about it. She's just kind of awesome about it. Yeah, and I think a lot of parties as well need... Um someone to like vent and to not like the, she's got that lack of restraint as well right like i feel like yeah. every party's got one person who's just all right you know fuck this let's just we're doing it 
Yeah. yeah. We're throwing down. Yeah. She's basically made a halfling barbarian in a yeah. in a cyberpunk world. Yeah. And I love it. I'm there for it. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people love her as well. Yeah. She's yeah. a very popular character. I can see why. She, it, um, there's, I'm sure there's an anime term for, for the character that she is, but I'm not going to look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not let's let's not look into anime too deeply. I'm upsetting all the anime fans right now, but I, I don't care. Uh, so that is the episode for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to get in touch with us, um, you can't because Afif doesn't have social media, but you can get in touch with me. Like I said earlier, you can send an email to dndntvpog at to. You know what? I can't say it tonight. I said it earlier. Go back and listen. It gets more downloads. But you can. <laughs> Find me on Instagram uh, at DND and TVPOD. Same on Twitter for as long as I'm allowed there still. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Then, <laughs> um, yeah, we're living in the cyberpunk world now. Yeah, this is, this is yeah we starts. are. Uh, it really depends on how often I retweet Italian Elon Musk. Uh, and before I yep. get kicked off, that's going to be interesting. Once he starts getting extra eyes put in. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be bizarre. Anyway. Um, you can leave ratings and reviews, uh, on anywhere the podcasts are found. You can subscribe as well. That'll be really useful because that way you can leave some feedback and some stars so we can get out to more listeners. Uh, D and D and TV, D and D and TV is brought to you this week by Masters of Alchemy, the premier game mastering service of Melbourne, uh, where if you go to mastersofalchemy.com, you can hire someone to run a RPG for you. Uh, and that is a really cool thing because it's there's a very good chance it's going to be me or a thief. And uh, you can also find us at Fortress Emporium on Sundays uh, to run D&D games for beginners. And booking is essential, so get onto the website if you'd like to do that. Uh, thief, anything you'd like to say to our listeners before I sign off? Uh, sorry for the, the, the storm and the rain in the middle, but hey. That was your fault. I will happens. point out that yep. that's your fault. That was me personally. I apologize for that. Yeah. I thief is actually the, the god of thunder. <laughs> yep. Uh, so yeah. until next time, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. Be kind to yourself. Wesley crushed out there and may all your hits be crits. <laughs>